Immerse yourself in rich biblical history and Christian heritage with Vision Tours. Exploring Australia, the Holy Lands and other global destinations. Forge bonds of lasting friendship as you fellowship with like-minded believers and discover a new richness in your faith in Christ and a broader understanding of the world's Christian heritage. Enjoy the fellowship of a lifetime with Vision Tours. Explore upcoming tour packages at vision.org.au slash tours. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. All right, well, welcome once again to uh, Momentum. It is uh, all around Australia with Tim and Dez, and uh, fantastic to have you tuning in as well. Really appreciate you doing that. And uh, we're going to endeavour this week to uh, to help you out in your journey in life. Is that cool? Uh, Dez, how are you, my friend? Are you good? Yeah, really good. Yeah, it's such a joy. And I'm really looking forward to this show today. It's going to be really, uh, really interesting. And so, yeah, uh, our website, as you know, is MomentumAustralia.org. Uh, give us some feedback. There's lots of information on there, podcasts, Lots of things. And if you'd like to support Momentum as a ministry, please uh, donate on our website. But also remember the Momentum Care Line, 1-800-000-MEN, 1-800-000-636, seven days a week, uh, 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. brought to us by Caroline Connections. Yeah, fantastic. Encourage you to... uh Give them a call if you need. That's one 800 636 And check out the website, MomentumAustralia.org. Now, talking of websites, uh, last week we chatted with uh, David Dusek from Roughcut uh, Men. And uh, RoughcutMen.org was the website. We asked you to uh, perhaps have a look around that between the weeks because we've got uh, David back on the show this week. David heads up the men's ministry in America. It's called Roughcut Men. And his mission is to encourage and equip men to live their lives for Christ, to engage all men where they are and not just in church. And just like Tim and I, David encourages men to start talking about what really is going on in their lives. Uh, so to unpack why we as men need other men in their lives. We're joined once again on Momentum by David. Welcome back. Hello, guys. I'm so happy to be back. It's great to have you back, David. We thoroughly enjoyed our chat with you last week. It was kind of setting the scene to some degree, a bit about your background, how you came to faith, how Rough Cut came to be. One of the things we did touch on, of course, is is this need for men to reach out to other guys and get other guys. You said a lot of men have acquaintances, but not many real friends. So we kind of wanted to explore that this week because it is, I think, one of the biggest stumbling blocks. And one we can acknowledge, all three of us, that when we look at the guys that we speak to, a lot of the biggest challenges that come is the fact that men do life in isolation, not with other guys. And so we wanted to really speak into that space this week. But um, last week... We talked about the fact that men in the US and Australia are struggling with some of the same things. So before we launch into that, how we can fix that, and that's through connection, let, let's just quickly recap some of the things that you see generically. As you speak in America, and then of course you speak here in Australia, some of the same things that you, you hear the conversations, you see the guys, or guys come up to you and talk about, what, what is it that some of the men are really struggling with these days? The things that really are affecting men worldwide the most, uh, sometimes it's financial. You know, they'll come up and say, I'm really struggling with this, or I've got a job decision to make, or one of those things, something like that. But uh, I think overall, every guy that walks in, whatever their malady is, feel like they're the only one in the middle of the struggle. And so I've I've heard a lot of men um, talk about prodigal children. Uh, ironically enough, I have a, a special needs son. He's 27 years old. And I bring that up in the event, and I'm surprised at how many men are out there 
with children that are not really children that are adults that have disabilities that are keeping them at home. So they never mm. really get to be what we call in the States an empty nester. They've got someone that they're caring for even into their sixties, seventies, and sometimes their eighties, which can be exhausting. Mm. You know, I, I use the term, if you only understand if you've spilled the same blood of the same mud, um, you don't know what it's like, for example, to play a part in raising another man's children, unless you're divorced and remarried and you have stepkids. I've heard that quite a bit where guys are like, you know, people don't understand what it's like to raise another man's children part-time because they mm-hmm. go back and forth. So those are the things that really I, I, I hear the most that men are struggling with. Now on social media, I get a lot of messages that come in because there's some relative anonymity to it, I think, yeah. uh, where guys can really say what they're struggling with. In some cases, Mm. it's an affair. In some cases, it's an inappropriate online relationship or a work relationship. Uh, And that one comes up, but it won't, you know, that's not something a guy's going to stand up in a crowd and say, excuse me, I'm talking to my girlfriend from 25 years ago because my wife's not doing it for me anymore. This is like literally Mm. what goes on in Mm. the military side of it. It's a lot of, a lot of suicide. Um, A lot of, a lot of men that are just opting to, to, Cheat God of the greatest gift. So what I say, David. Overriding that and overarching that, a broader brushstroke for a moment. When it comes to men generically, how much do you think men are struggling with their identity in general? I mean, I'm talking about personally, but also uh, as a man, uh, but also spiritually as well as a as a man as a, a head of the home. How much do you think that's affecting men generically worldwide? I don't think it's necessarily coming in under the roof of the house. I think there are, uh, there are external circumstances that are coming in that are, are muddying the water of what manhood really is. And I think, you know, with the, the invention of terms like toxic masculinity, um, that's been a real change. We lost models of manhood. Really, I, my father's dad walked out on him when he was very young. So my dad didn't have a model to follow. Therefore, he didn't really have an identity as a man, has no relationship with the Lord. So that just got passed on generationally to me. And fortunately, I met the Lord and and and, and learned what the biblical model of manhood really is. But I think the culture is affecting that. I think the media is affecting that. And so guys are just utterly confused because there are so many different things bombarding them from different directions saying who they should be Mm. that we've really in general we've all kind of lost our way uh because we're living compartmentalized lives and the pastor talks to me on sunday and then my workmates talk to me the rest of the week uh and the internet talks to me and social media talks to me i don't even know who i'm supposed to be anymore yeah certainly you know social media plays a huge part in you know us identifying as men who we really are you know the whole gender question there's so much out there that destroys a man's identity i absolutely agree i mean we're social media is i'm sorry it's it's jettisoned any real truth everything my true is not your true yeah mm. yeah you know, whatever i mm. whatever if i yell it louder it's going to be truer if i if i type it in all caps it must be true yeah. <laughs> that's how we've degraded manhood and and people in general i mean people are incredibly brave behind a keyboard yes Mm. yes as a guy who runs a social media site believe me i it's like you know you're awful brave on the other side of the united states behind that keyboard yeah that's right (laughs) but they don't realize that there is a previous life and he does come out once in a while (laughs) (laughs) i mean you you mentioned there about um you finding a biblical definition of of masculinity david we want to talk about that later in the show because it, it actually ties in with one of your books which is terrific but 
for guys listening right now who um, might be struggling in that space, I'm not saying that they're questioning, you know, whether they're, you know, their sexuality, but but just their manhood in general. They go like, I can I can relate to that. And and part of my story was, and I'm 49 now, but at the age of 38, my first marriage fell apart, and I realized that to be honest, I was still operating like a little boy in a lot of areas of my life because I hadn't developed that masculinity within me. So speak to the guys who might be in that space right now who go, you know what, I can identify with that. I'm I'm 40 odd years old, but I still feel like there's parts of me that don't feel very manly or I don't really fully understand because my dad was absent or distant or, you know, whatever. Yeah. A lack of a lack of a model. And Hey, I, I have to be an encouragement here for a minute because that's really my job, but um, it's not necessarily our fault as men, because if you go back historically, at least in the United States, and this is a worldwide thing too. uh, There was a time, you know, two centuries ago where dad was home building a fence and mom would call everybody in for dinner and dad would lead the family prayers and everything else. Then we had an industrial revolution. We had a couple of world wars that followed that where dads all went and fought in, in the great war. And then they fought again in world war two. And because of that, we just sort of involuntarily abdicated our position as the leader because we weren't home. Uh, Mm -hmm. And now in a culture where, a lot of cases, you have double income homes where mom and dad both have to work just in order to make ends meet. Uh, the culture is now become the child raising mechanism instead of dad being on point and mom and dad as a team working together. So you're not, uh, it's not you. You're not, you're, you, you, the reason that you don't really have a firm definition of what manhood is, is because there's just yeah. no one out there modeling it anymore because the culture. Uh, has drawn us into, I have to work, my wife has to work. So the school or aftercare is raising our children. Um, and then you just don't know who you are by the time you get through all that. And, and the world is telling you still that you need to provide, you need to do this. But now the culture is telling you that it's okay uh, for strong women, which it's absolutely okay. I would love it if I got out earned by my wife because I could do more podcasts and play more golf. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but at the end of the day, it can be very confusing when um, the church doesn't really tell you how to be a biblical man. The oh. culture doesn't tell you how to be a man at all. So we're kind of left to figure it out. It's almost trial by error and trial by fire to mm-hmm. figure out what it means to truly be a man and hopefully survive and raise the next generation so that they don't end up bigger train wrecks than me. And I'm, I may have made a couple of train wrecks <laughs> that I'm still putting back together again, but God is a God of second chances. I think I think most of us have us have those train wrecks. That's for sure, <laughs> you know. And it's and it's so important. Um, and we've talked about this uh, last week and also in this week that um, that men overcome that hurdle of finding somebody to talk to. You know, and we've talked about you know, in the church setting that you know men can't talk in their connect groups, so they can't talk in their church. Their pastor is not on the same planet. Quite often, and so where do men? Who do men talk to? They, you know, they may talk to the guys at the pub or the club or whatever, but it's very hard to have an open, deep conversation about what's happening in your world when you're sitting in front of a beer or a glass of red. And so, you know, it's important that men find a way of getting past that. Des, you've often said that uh, men tend to do better in this space when we get alongside each other rather than face-to-face each other? Like when we're doing something, you say, like if it's fishing, for example, when we're or hiking, when we're not necessarily sat down eyeballing each other but we're doing something together, there's more likelihood of something 
coming out in that conversation because it's seemingly less threatening, I suppose. No, exactly. And it could be, you know, it could be going to the football and you, you, know, you watch the game and you're talking and it comes to the break and, you know, you can start a conversation that, like David said, like over a beer or whatever it happens to be. But, you know, fishing, hiking, motorbikes, whatever it is, whatever, you know, rocks your cage, you know, use that as a stepping stone to build those relationships. And David's absolutely right. I mean, you can't do that in one meeting. You can't do it, you know, even if you're doing it, you know, once a month. But, you know, find that person and get get to know them and let them get to know you. Be, be, be uh, expose yourself in the nicest possible way. <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> you know, and let them get to know you. Because there's none of us are perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, sure. I, I, you're absolutely right. And I think working on cars is a great one because, you know, you're in the midst of doing something and like, here, hold this wire so I don't drop it. (laughs) Fishing and golf are two of my favorites because if I put you in a boat with me, you're stuck with me unless you want to swim. We're going to talk to each other. If we're in a golf cart, I mean, all you're going to do is hit the ball and then we're going to drive a few hundred meters down the down the go- down the course in the cart to get to the next thing. And we're going to spend four or five hours yeah. together and we're only actively doing something for minutes at a time. Yeah. And that's the, you know, that's just sometimes silence is even great. You know, Job's friends didn't say anything to Job when he was in the midst of his worst struggle for the Bible says seven days and seven nights. They didn't say a word. It's okay to be, to mm. share airspace with the dude and be an abject silence. And for the guys that are like, I don't even know what to say. Uh, if someone comes up and says, Hey, I just, uh, I, I had to bury my wife. You know, I just lost my wife. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give you some comfort. You don't have to know what it's like to bury a wife, to sit with the man who just did. Yes. You don't have to know what it's like to, to lose a child. God forbid to sit with a man who has, you don't even have to have the right thing to say. Mm. Sometimes the ministry of presence is far yeah. more important than any biblical wisdom you could ever yeah. flex mm. on a guy at that particular mm. moment. Exactly. Just listen. And we just need, we need to yeah. get back to just sitting together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Conversational yeah. Well, this is Momentum all around Australia, and our special guest this week is David Dusek from Rough Cut Men's Ministries in America. Uh, David's going to be in Australia in May, speaking at a variety of churches and also speaking at the Christian Voice Australia Men's Conference. If you'd like some details about that, or perhaps to find a church where David's going to be speaking at while he's here in Australia, that might be close to you, uh, check out roughcutmen.org. That's the website, roughcutmen.org. And actually, while you're online, and we take a short break from this week's show, uh, check out the Momentum Australia website for a bunch of great resources. That's momentumaustralia.org. And we're going to be back with David Dusek for part two of this week's Momentum. Stay tuned. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at momentumaustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Well, welcome back to this week's show. It is Tim and Des and Momentum all around Australia, wherever you are right now. Really, really appreciate you tuning in and hopefully you've enjoyed the first part of the show with our special guest, David Dusek from Rough Cut Men. As I mentioned just before the break, David's going to be speaking in Australia in May at a number of churches. 
and at the Christian Voice Australia Men's Conference on Saturday the 20th of May as well. If you'd like some more details about any of that, where he's going to be, the conference, etc., you can find details online at roughcutmen.org. That's roughcutmen.org. You know, David, we, we've talked a bit about in the shows, uh, both this week and last week, about this idea of men being intentional with each other and, and seeking friendship. I mean, we're talking about quality friendship here, not just, you know, surface acquaintances. Um, and we've looked at some of the reasons why that is for guys that we struggle with that. But just before we launch into another section that we want to touch on you, let, let's just linger on that for a moment. Um, do you think that men don't want to be seen? Do you think that we struggle with, you know, like we're okay, we can do this thing on our own? Do you think this idea of needing other guys and exposing ourselves vulnerably is something that we just don't want to do? We're not wired that way as men? I don't necessarily know if it's don't want to or don't know how to. Mm. Most of the time, I think it's kind of a combination of both. I didn't really know what brotherhood looked like until I started to hang out with combat soldiers. I under, Then I... You ask any soldier what he misses the most after his career is over, mm. it's the brotherhood. It's the guys mm. that he was with day in and day out. And I didn't really want to uh, because I didn't trust anybody. You know, I knew that I needed to, uh, but I didn't necessarily want to. And I certainly didn't know how to do any of that. I think what broke the mold for me uh, was realizing that I just can't navigate life by myself. Uh, as I watched more and more combat soldiers operate, uh, in the military, we say you never kick a door without overwatch. You don't turn your back on a potential enemy. And the only way to survive that is to have someone else facing the opposite direction, mm. scanning the roof line uh, to make sure that you don't get shot in the back while you're doing your job. In the world, in, in our world as Christian men, it's really no different because we do have a, an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And Solomon, the wisest man in the world, said that we should pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. And mm. uh, an interesting side note about Solomon is, if you'll remember, King David had an affair with Bathsheba. Uh, he should have been at work. The Bible says that he, you know, in the spring at a time when kings go off to war, he stayed mm. home. Mm. And if you're not where you're supposed to be, you're just asking for trouble. And he ended up having this affair with Bathsheba, and he lost a baby and, and just got the hammer put down on him by a prophet by the name of Nathan, but Solomon who wrote Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and he's tapped as the greatest or the wisest man ever mm. was actually a child of David and Bathsheba, which started out a completely inappropriate relationship mm. that should have never been. And mm. I'm always encouraged by that because God can make really great things out of a terrible start. Mm, you know? yes. uh, and Solomon is the one who penned that phrase that we should pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. And honestly, if you start looking just to give you some biblical background on why um, Moses had Aaron and her, David had Jonathan, Paul had Barnabas or Silas, depending on what mission he was on. Even Jesus sent the disciples out in Luke 10 in a two by two. And I say a two by two tactical cover formation because Jesus, who was fully God, fully man, Mm. knew that a man traveling by himself was a viable target. It's not a matter of, of, of if he was going to go down, it was when. And mm. I think when I came to the realization that I could not make the right decision, if you give me 10 different choices, I'm always going to pick the dumbest one in the group. <laughs> you know, uh, My mom always said that I hung out with the wrong people all the time, and that was a personal choice. I always <laughs> picked the wrong crowd. And bad company corrupts good character, and it's really – 
an eye opener when you discover that the bad company that's corrupting the bad character is the one you're looking at in the mirror and not the one that you're yes. with. Um, that was an eye opener for me. And I think really to intentionally hang out with other men has been a game changer uh, for me. And it, it took me coming to the realization that I just flat couldn't do it by myself. Mm. You know, you can't pull a motor out of a car by yourself either. Um, mm. you, you need two people to do it. You can't play tennis alone. It's really boring. <laughs> you, know, you can't play football by yourself because you can't throw it and catch it at the same time. Mm. Uh, there's a reason why that's the design uh, and why in all of creation, everything that God made, he said, he made the earth and he said, this is good. He made the sky and the sun and the moon. He said, this is good. And then he got to the alone part and he said, "Uh Oh, you know, the only thing he said wasn't good about his creation uh, was that man was alone. And I mean, obviously that points to a, a helpmate, a wife, uh, but it applies to friendship also. You know, um, you've, you mentioned David a few times about this idea of um, you didn't know what it was to be a spiritual head of the home and a, and a biblical man. If you could boil that down to a couple of, you know, one, two, three key things for guys listening to go, what would you say is biblical masculinity? What sort of traits does that look like for guys listening? You know, if, if they were to say, oh, he, David's a really biblical, he's, he just is the definition of biblical masculinity. What does that actually look like tangibly? I, you know, I can't define it as much as cite an example. Um, and that example is my life. Uh, I'm married to a woman who has, has a, uh, a polar um, example. Uh, she's got what she didn't want and what she did want. And God molded me, by the way, when she said, I want a spiritual leader into one. Um, and the reason that I would say that that's who I am is uh, she'll follow my lead because she knows where I get my guidance. Uh, she knows that I have the word of God and she knows that I have true biblical accountability with another man who will call me out if it's a terrible idea. Um, and I have, I, I, I run everything by him, but should I buy this car? Should we move here? Should we paint the house this color? Um, you know, because I believe that if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And so I want to make sure <laughs> that, that she's happy. Um, she follows my lead for two things. She knows where I'm getting my direction. And secondly, she knows that I'm surrounded by wise counsel, men who support me, mm. guys who have, permission to tell me when I'm off track and to tell me I'm a good guy. You know, I can count on one hand how many times my dad has said he's proud of me. And I've lost count of how many times my best friend David has said, you know what? You're a good man. Biblical manhood really by definition to me is surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in every aspect of our lives and leading our families as servant leaders following the model of that same Jesus. So we're, we're not leading by domination. We're not saying it's my way or the highway. We're saying, you know, to coin a corny bracelet phrase, what would Jesus do in this circumstance? You know, he loved the unlovable. He, um, he led by example. He was willing to sacrifice himself. You know, Ephesians 5 says we're to love our wives as Christ loved the Lord and gave himself up for her as, the, as he loves the church and gave himself up for her. And it's, you know, it's easy to die for our wives, but is it easy to live for them? And that's the other part, really, I believe, of biblical manhood. Um, is following that biblical model of leadership and having men around us that will say, you know, I'm here to, I, I believe in you no matter what, but that's a really dumb idea. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, there was a point when Joni and I were not communicating well, and it was like I was speaking on FM and she was receiving on AM. Uh, young people, you'll just have to Google that. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking on two completely different frequencies and 
David knew it and he said, Hey, let's go out to eat. And, you know, so we did. And he said, I, I can see that there's some strain going on between you and your wife. And he, he's been around enough to know when we're not getting along. Mm. And he said, what's going on? I said, well, she's just not hearing me. And he said, all right, well, let's role play. Uh, I'm going to be her and let's have this conversation right here in the middle of this restaurant. And I said, no, you don't understand. If you're playing her, I can actually hit you because <laughs> you're a guy. <laughs> but he said, no. And, and he knows my wife so well that his responses were just spot on wow. what she would say to me. And I kept responding. And finally, after about three or four failed attempts, he said, look, stop. I understand what you're trying to say. But instead of saying it that way, how about if you say it this way? And so he gave me a new way to package the exact same words. I went home and I tried out his method and it was completely disarming. And our marriage got radically better after that. And our communication got better too, because he taught me a different way to communicate. And that is, I wouldn't have done that if I'd have kept, I was banging my head against the wall, trying to say the same thing. And you know how men are. We just, if it doesn't get heard the first time, we just say it louder. You know, <laughs> so, we're still saying the same thing. We're just yelling at this time. And that didn't accomplish a thing. So what was the key to that, David? What was the thing that you did differently in that conversation? Understanding her feelings and acknowledging that I did. Okay. Instead of trying to, and try, instead of trying to make her see it my way, Mm-hmm. Uh, I teed it up with empathy first thing. You know, I understand completely. I could see how that would look that way. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of key themes that have come out of the last couple of weeks for sure. That that I think is is one of them, David, that you just finished on there, which is, you know, the word of God be our guide as men. That's for sure. And the second is definitely get connected, which as you know, if you've been listening to Momentum for any stretch of time, you've heard Des and I bleat on about most weeks. But David, you've given us some compelling reasons over the last couple of weeks as to why we should certainly be pursuing that as men. And uh, we just want to encourage you again to reach out to us at MomentumAustralia.org, uh, the care line one 800 And of course, we've been chatting with David Dusek from Rough Cut Men in, in the States. Uh, RoughCutMen.org is the website. I encourage you to check that out, but also because David is coming to Australia later in the year. And uh, I'd love you to keep an eye on the website. And if you can uh, see him in person at some stage, uh, we certainly encourage that, roughcutman.org. David, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show, mate. It's been a fun few weeks, and uh, we're excited to have you in, in Australia ourselves, man. We can't wait to actually meet you and, um, and and do more of life together. I feel like we're brothers already. And, you know, yeah. just just so the so the listeners know, I mean, we, we really do have a whole ministry operation that we're bringing to Australia. We want to be there for you. If you need us to come to your church in May or June or July or November, let us know. You can reach me on the website through the contact tab. Size does not matter. It could be 15 guys or 15,000. Uh, we just want to serve you in any way that we can and help you connect men. Yeah. Okay. The website, roughcutman.org. That is it for this week's Momentum. We'll look forward to chatting with you uh, again next week. Until then, you take care. God bless. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to momentumaustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.